Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Assessment Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investment. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Wayne, David, good evening to you both. Um, David, if I may start with you. Uh, we seem to be back in worry world after a very frisky July. <laughs> What's going on? <clears throat> the, the markets like to worry, you know, and, and I think the kiss of death for me, and I really mean the kiss of death, was when um, analysts who had been particularly bearish at the beginning of the year and had been calling for the market to drop suddenly said, you know, I think we've got this wrong. And they started to change their outlook. And I was like, oi, when bears start to get bullish or start, um, you know, become remorseful and repentful, then, you know, something's going to happen. And sure enough, it's happened. There's Mike Wilson from Morgan Stanley and some other chap and that I said, oh, no, please. Anyway, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't think this is going to last too long. You no. know, we needed a sell-off. We needed to let off a bit of steam after a very steamy July. And I think, um, you know, we'll see it. It could continue for a little bit, but I wouldn't go into panic mode. Mm. Well, maybe, although you have changed the color on your screen, so you only see yellow mm. instead of yeah. red. So I don't know what that is to, to us. From, mm. yeah, it's from uh, Donovan's, you know, they call me mellow yellow. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So, mellow yellow. <laughs> right. Well, um, our mellow Wayne um, is, uh, is with us. And Wayne, you were saying you were also active on Twitter a few minutes ago, and you were saying that the market, you think, was looking for a reason to sell off. Um, and, I mean, how yes, much does this have, have, have to do with the, the sovereign, the, the debt downgrade, uh, which seemed to no, have look, that's just, people that's no, that's just a trigger. The markets don't go up or down in a straight line, and it's had a tremendous run both here and, and overseas. But look, understand this government debt, this sovereign debt is a major, major long-term issue. Simplistically, they issued massive debt since the global financial crisis and compounded by the COVID debt that was taken on to cope with that crisis. And you were issuing it in America at, let's say, 1%. Mm. Now, compare 1% to 4%. You can understand why you take on more debt because the cost of your debt has halved and halved again. Now the problem is the cost of your debt's doubled and doubled again. Yeah. And that mm. debt matures and you've got to refinance it. So it's not, it's not a squeeze today. It's not a problem today. But over the next decade or two decades, government debt worldwide becomes a very, very serious long-term problem. And either they spend less or tax more or they're going to get continual downgrades. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, the only I, problem is that, uh, Juliet, the only problem is where do you go? You know, is this the, is this going to be the era of Bitcoin or of gold or of uh, going into the Chinese yuan or to the, um, you know, euro dollar or whatever? I'm oh, sorry, the euro. They've all got that, the problem. Hmm, that's a problem. I mean, gold didn't, did gold react today? I don't think so. Hmm. I think if it did, it was very minor because generally commodity prices took a, a massive whack because the dollar went strong. And the irony is that everybody said, oh, things are bad, you know, safe haven, safe haven. Where did they rush? They rushed to the dollar. The dollar <laughs> gets stronger. So, I mean, it's quite perverse. I, yeah, I can't explain that. Yeah. So the dollar 
get stronger, the rand got weaker. Why? Because everybody's rushing into the dollar. Yeah, into, <laughs> into an economy that's supposedly in the dwang. Yeah. Uh, um, I was saying uh, before we went on there, maybe we should just, I don't know, invest in things like trees that kind of grow mm. over 20 years, nice hardwood trees that you can take shade under and then you chop them down at some point and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very good idea as long as you can afford to wait that 20 yes, years to you get your yeah. cash out. Okay, well, a viewer says, don't laugh, don't snigger. We never snigger on the show. But today, never snigger. No. I took advantage of market weakness to stock up, stock up excuse me, on pick and pay and sappy as long-term holds. Surely now is the time to buy fundamentally good South African businesses that have been hammered. Wayne, would, would you describe those firstly as fundamentally good businesses? And do you think that the viewer is right? You go in when there's blood on the floor and you... And you um, pick up stocks that are just bashed about. Yes, I mean the whole thing of blood on the blood in the streets, and and you go in and buy good companies cheap is of course very very sound. The problem is you don't know where the bottom is, but you do know when you do know when a share is cheap, it can just get significantly cheaper. But of mm. course that is the correct principle. Pick and pay. I mean the two interesting companies, Sappy. I honestly don't think is a long-term structural hold in a portfolio. It's a cyclical play. If okay. you get it right, fantastic, then take your profits. It's, it's not a long-term portfolio hold. It's just simply too cyclical. And then pick and pay, you know, pick and pay has had difficult times for decades now. And they've been turning this business. I remember hearing about the first pick and pay turnaround strategy, I think, 20 years, 25 years ago, and yeah. they're still trying to turn it around. But it is cheap, make no mistake, it, it, it is cheap. But I, mm. I okay. don't think, they haven't proven themselves to be a really good company over yeah. the last while. David, your thoughts? I mean, and we're not sniggering, you know, um, uh, you know, we are sympathetic to to anyone who who, who wades in uh, maybe in, in the contrarian fashion. Um, your thoughts on pick and pay and sappy? Would you agree I with think Wayne? the same thing? You know, Wayne said it. It's been a company that is battling to keep up with its competition for for years now and just seems to have lost its place in the market. So I think there, there's structural issues here. This is not a market issue. And if they can get the structural issues, if they can turn it around, yes. But at the moment, there's no evidence of that. I think Sappy as well. Sappy has also been just one of these businesses that has battled to to find its place and to get things right. And it's those are difficult industries. You I know, mean, it's not mm. because you're not. You can never be dominant. You know, Sappy can never be dominant in its trade. It's always going to find competition uh, from the Chinese, from all over the world. So. It, it's not that you can, uh, you know, you might be able to increase prices as well. And also they, they, that wood-coated paper, uh, you know, which was largely for magazines or glossy magazines, you know, no one buys those magazines anymore. So there were a lot of things acting against Sappy. So again, I, I'm with I'm with Wayne. It's a it's a very very cyclical company. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're hitting the bottom, there's a chance. Yeah. The interesting thing is that Sappy did so well last year, and we were all quite rude about it, um, you know, because we said, oh, uh, uh, um, you know, Sappy comes out with results every quarter, and they kind of take two steps forward and then one step back. Um, and yet mm. it had a really good year, and they seemed to, I think they had six quarters of, of consistent growth, and everyone said, wow, maybe this is a turnaround, and suddenly it's kind of, uh, the share price has, has done the exact opposite this year, which is, is quite unfortunate. Um, 
what about platinum shares? Um, two viewers have, have uh, sent questions. The first is, unfortunately, I own both Anglo Platinum and Impala Platinum in my portfolio. At the moment, both share prices are on an elevator downwards with no resistance in sight. Should I just cut my losses and sell? Or is there some hope of a turnaround soon? Um, and another viewer also um, asked if it's a good time to buy Implats. The share was hammered today. Uh, but for a two-year investment, what do you think? Um, Wayne, I think we shall defer to you because I'm... Yeah, I mean, people know my view here. <clears throat> this is truly a good long-term buy for a cyclical recovery because these are also heavily cyclical shares. As I spoke about earlier on, you do not know where the bottom is. You know, I thought the bottom on Amplats was below 1,000. is now, what, 850 or something. Right. But on a two- to three-year view, if everything works out as it has in the past, lower interest rates, lower inflation, global growth, increased commodity prices in a very restricted supply environment, all those commodities, you can make some seriously good money on these shares. You know, if that happens, then you must sell these are not long terms holdings. They are they are cyclical, but now's the right time of the cycle to buy them. Mm. Uh, you know, to the to the viewer, don't sell now. You'll do yourself serious harm. I don't know if it's turning in the next week or the next year. That I don't know. Mm. But as I said before, if the cycle does act as it has in the past, you'll you'll make reasonably good cash share from these levels over a two to three year view. Yeah. David, comment yeah, before the I break? I agree. I think mm. it hasn't made a bottom yet. In other words, you can still go through a bit of pain, but I don't think the pain is going to be too much mm. if it does go down. So I'd be very, I'd be reluctant to get out now and change course. Just, you know, take it on the chin a little longer, but it is going to turn around. Um, you know, you, you, you can see that, uh, you know, where the, where the, the support levels um, are and when they'll come in, but uh, we haven't got there yet. So just, just hang in a bit. Hmm. I, I, I think things are going to be better by the end of the year. I know we're in a, I won't say a red day, we're in a yellow day today. So, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, but, uh, um, you know, likewise, it's, 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 we're going to go through these, this kind of volatility. It happens. But overall, I think things are going to start pointing upwards and improving. A viewer says, although not like for like, my US portfolio is up 36%. Uh, versus my JSE portfolio at 8%. I'm not quite sure what the time period is. Uh, he says the race is on. So when does the time come to back the loser JSE? Um, I think I should ask David because because I feel like it's going against your own instincts to back the loser JSE. I, you know, for me, when I say I'm, I'm not anti-JSE, what I do is is I look at the structural, you know, I look at the companies and uh, try and understand whether they can grow out of it, what the growth path is, what they look like, and whether it's attractive enough for me to buy them versus that 36% portfolio in the US. So, I, you know, I don't, I'm not influenced by geographical areas. I'm influenced by the quality of the companies. And, you know, you'll always find some, some good operations uh, on the JSE. The trouble is that many of them are very small. But uh, I don't turn my head on the JSE, you know. So um, it's, in fact, to give you another answer, the UK market's no different from the JSE. Mm. And, uh, and Europe is just is probably just slightly ahead. 
So if you were in the UK, you would have you would have been you would be suffering the same kind of fate. You know, it's only the tech shares that in the US that have made the big difference. Yeah. So. When, but that's yeah. that's mm. that's my yeah. mission. You know, I keep looking for for good businesses. Mm. Wayne, what do you think? Yeah. Look, David making a very valid point here, and lots of people get very confused about this. The JSE is not South Africa. 20%, if that, of the JSE is South Africa. So the underperformance of the JSE is actually an underperformance of commodity cycle. It's not South Africa. You know, our market is, our JSE is 40% commodities, which are global, which are dependent on China in the commodity cycle. Another 40%, the massive big dual listed companies that are global companies, they're not South African companies. They might have had their origins here, but they're not South African companies. And then the residual 20% are the, the shop rights and the pick and pay and the banks. I mean, that's, you know, retailers and banks is basically all that's left in that 20. So it's not an underperformance by South Africa. It's actually an underperformance by the commodity shares, essentially. Yeah. So it's a commodity cycle story, more so than the South African underperformance. And of course, you know, with the rising long bond rate, in my view, the, the, the days of growth shares killing everyone else is very different when long bonds are falling and when they're rising. Very different scenario, different valuations. Hmm. Well, then I'm following on from this. If you says, can you please ask David and Wayne if there are any local recession proof shares like Microsoft in the US? <laughs> No, we haven't got shares like that. Our shares are cyclical, and the ones that aren't cyclical are dependent on the South African economy. I mean, that's why you take money overseas. Is Richmond has Richmond moved into? That's not South African. Sure, okay, but you buy it on the JSE. So if you were going to look at, you can buy anything. You can you can buy shares worldwide. You know, it's listed on the JSE. So sure, Richmond might be, but it's also had bad years, eh? Yeah. It's not, maybe nothing's recession-proof. Hmm. No, I think you've got to continually review where you are, you know, and um, you've got to, you've got to look down. I'm, I'm just going through the list. I'm glancing, uh, you know, where one could, where one could look at. And, and you know, the, the other thing, our businesses are not bad businesses. I was looking at the JSC's results today and, Poor Layla, you know, she's in a tough position. Trade is freezing up mm. and everything in the business is related to trade. You know, the BDA, the clearing, uh, derivatives, it's all linked. So if nobody's doing trade, there's very little she can do. You know, that's it's a reflection of what's happening in the economy. But she, it's not a badly run business. Yeah. And I think so many of our businesses are well run. I think we've got superb managers here. Yeah, there are some that that might you know, sometimes let us down a bit, uh, as we've seen from the NAMPAX to the Tongats and so on. So but generally, we've got very good businesses. Hmm. So um, you've got to understand the underlying economy as well. So what can a platinum producer do if the platinum price is 923? <laughs> yeah, it's, nothing. It's out of your control. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, just to come back to that other question, if you want something that's recession-proof, the the hospitals aren't bad, even though they're under attack legislatory-wise. The uh, cell phone companies, 
Certainly Vodacom, MTN's too variable because of its Nigeria exposure, but Vodacom is relatively recession-proof. British American Tobacco is relatively recession-proof, mm. even though it's in a declining industry, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bitcorp, uh, uh, you know, Bitvest always seems to make a plan no matter what the economy yes. is doing. This is true. Yeah. Oh. Actually, um, <clears throat> and Bitcorp, I suppose, has got international exposure well, that, yeah. that, that helps it. Um, actually, on MTN, <laughs> viewer says, what? What happened to, to get the share 7% down today? Did I miss something? I mean, it was one of the worst performers of the, the big caps on the JSE. Uh, so I understand the sell off, but MTN seemed to be disproportionately affected. I don't know what was behind it. And there was a lot of trade. There was over a billion rands worth of trade today. But uh, I'm not sure what what knocked it, you know, whether there was anything specific. It's very hard to, uh, you know, to judge it on one day. And why yeah, MTN? I don't know what don't the Nigerian know. currency, the, the open market, yeah, you yeah. know, the, they might, that might have to devalue. I mean, who knows? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know they've had issues in West Africa, you know, with devaluations and with hyperinflation and that. But but that was a couple of days ago. You know, yeah. we knew that. So yeah. I don't know what what got everybody twitchy today. Hmm. Well, they were twitchy already, I suppose. Um, um, <laughs> I Wayne, just going back to your comment about, you know, the 20% left over in the JSE largely being retailers and banks. Um, a viewer says, shop rights often compared with pick and pay and spa, but what about Woolworths as a buy at current levels? I mean, Woolworths has had a good turnaround, but I suppose it was so beaten yes. up. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts towards Woolworths? Woolworths, Woolworths is, a comp- is, is, is obviously a serious competitor in, in the market, but... You know, and maybe it's wrong to do it. You you always have a bit of a a negative feeling about a company when they've made a complete mess in the past. And unfortunately, Woolies did that in spades. Mm. But yeah, it it does look fair value. It certainly it oh. certainly looks on the face of it actually cheaper than Shoprite. To be honest, mm. hmm. I think Juliana, they're coming right. I if you if you look at the share price now, it's recovered. It's back at, uh, you know, it's recovered a huge amount of ground. And I think uh, Roy Bagatini is doing a very good job. If you look at the merchandise at Country Road, at Trenary, at uh, Woolworths, you can see a much, much better offering. Yeah. The food side, they're battling here a bit with load shedding because, you know, even if I go down to our local businesses here, they're holding quarter of what they normally do you can't get those chickens you know they've only got three chickens normally you tell one that plump one you know and you can't see because so you either have this chicken or no chicken at all and you know or pies you know you know have you seen that and those are great pies they're good pies so you can have mushroom and chicken or be fatter you know like the soup nazi you remember yeah that i remember the soup nazi no, no choice, soup so. for you yeah, <laughs> yeah don't so you, that's don't what you they d- say to you <laughs> Don't you dare do so in a lane on the supermarket. I passed that place in New York, you know, where it was filmed. I've pro- <laughs> I passed that exact soup place, yeah. Oh, happy memories. <laughs> quite, hmm. Yeah, they advertise it, you know. Very <laughs> anyway, quickly. I think, yeah. 
Okay, sorry. Okay, let me move on, if I may. Um, good evening, panel. I inherited a large amount of money. Uh, I'd like to invest oh. my... Ooh, good for you. I'd like okay, to invest my 11-year-old grandchild for, say, 20 years plus. No income would be required by me or them from the funds during the investment period. A friend advised to invest 35% of the funds in the S&P 500 and 65% in the MSCI, all-world ETFs. What's the panel's opinion? Is it safe and diversified enough? And is this the right time to get into the markets? When? Well, whether it's the right time to get into the market or, no, or not, nobody knows. But on the 20-year time view, it doesn't actually make that much difference. Yeah, I think that is as good as any type of portfolio you would be able to get over a 20-year time period. Mm-hmm. And you don't Especially need any income. The MSI, yeah. The MSCI yeah, has got uh, um, a lot of S&P in it. So you yes. probably find that if you break it down, you've got 50 or 60% S&P in any case. Correct, yes. But it's you're fine, you know, because the S&P yeah, will fine. keep changing and the good companies kind of float to the top and the bad ones vanish. So it changes its character all the time. Yeah, look, on, 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 on really long-term investing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with buying a mm. big index. And I suppose there you're buying a, a cheap product. You're not going to get whacked by fees. Uh, that's you don't active get managers. Fees, nothing like that, no. <clears throat> the only trouble is that the 11-year-old grandkid, when he gets to 21, he's going to want to say Give me my money. I'm going to show you how to. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but just a, just another word of advice. It's not my field at all. Uh-huh. But go and chat to a you know a, a, a well respected qualified financial advisor because you could maybe put that in some sort of legal structure that will minimise your tax over that time period because that's a long time period. You could be looking at serious tax issues, serious capital gains tax issues there. Mm, okay. All right. Well, nice problem to have. Um, and then uh, yes. uh, a question before your stock picks. If the two older wise men had 100,000 rand to take a punt on, which stock would they choose? From Transaction Capital, Telcom, Tungela. If you were going to play fast and loose with your shekels, <laughs> which, which one would you buy? I wouldn't buy Telcom, that's for sure. Um, I'd probably go for Transaction Capital, I would think. Mm. David? I'm hoping Mr. Hurwitz turns it around. Now I'll take the coal company. Yeah, we're oh. still going to be burning coal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. They all. Are, I like trans. I hope. I hope transaction capital does turn around. I really, I really hope that things come right there. Mm. All right. But, okay. Um, but um, yeah, Telcom definitely Those out of the pants. race. They yeah. pants, you know. <laughs> And Telcom may not be with us for very much longer um, anyway, um, you know, uh, well, I'm just talking about corporate action, uh, mm. you know, all these um, uh, various sallies it's, it's uh, received from uh, suitors. Uh, getting to your stock picks this evening, Wayne, um, so not a punt, a responsible stock pick, please. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for Caterpillar. I mean, huh? I mean, Caterpillar, I know that the shares have had a long run and they are at, at, at quite a high level. But this last set of results, even though they said that uh, the next quarter might not be that good, there's huge demand for their product. And it ties in with, I suppose, my central theory of there's been no investment really by mining companies since 2013, 2014, and demand will pick up. There's going to be big investment over the next decade. There's going to be structurally big investment by the mining companies, and that's very good for Caterpillar. Mm, Okay. David, how about you? I'm going for my best company, Ferrari. They came out with knockout results today. 
I mean, this is such a well-run business. I know the markets marked them down because their guidance is a little lower than everyone expected, but the, they're bringing on new models. They're selling whatever they produce. They control the production. Their margins are up, and the, the profits were up 31%. Amazing. I mean, it's a superb business. You know, why people buy Ferraris, Wayne can tell you. You know, I I looked at the Mini. I took my car for service. I looked at the Mini. It was far too expensive for me. You know, they've become incredibly expensive. So, uh, but but Ferrari is uh, a superb business. Yeah. You know, I just look at it. Don't look at it in a frivolous way as being, you know, because it's a luxury brand, but it's a really yeah. well-run business. Yeah. Buy the buy the share, not the car. Yes. There you are. There you go. There you are. Yeah. Okay. On that sage advice, we shall leave it there. Uh, David mm. Wayne, thanks very much for joining us. As always, David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. Wayne McCurry is from F and B Wealth and Investments. And uh, up next, the close with Bloomberg. Stay with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.